What nourishment on a physical level are you craving that is not diet or exercise related? What nourishment on a mental level, on an emotional level, and on a spiritual level? And things like just hugs, kindness, laughter, volunteer, service. These things pop up repeatedly over and over again. And sometimes it brings people to tears because they realize that they're not really lacking a better diet. There's always incremental tweaks you can make on those programs, of course. But people are hugely hungry for that kind of kindness and love and connection in their life. That's Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. And this is episode 308 of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio. Rediscover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. What is going on, podcast land? It's Josh Trent, and you're here on Wellness Force. Today, I'm so excited for this podcast. I literally want to jump right into the show, but I'm going to get us set up for it because this is a big one. We're talking with podcaster, Chinese medicine specialist, physician, mother, entrepreneur, and so many other things, the one and the only Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. She's the author of Super Wellness, How to Become Your Own Best Healer. And I resonate deep with this one. This podcast, I am so stoked for you to listen. And I'm just as stoked for you to learn about full spectrum CBD and organic hemp products from our show sponsor, Cured Nutrition. Did you hear that episode? Actually, with the founder, Joe and I, on the Cured Collective. It's actually Wellness Force episode 300 with Joe. You can learn a lot more in depth about why I believe so much in Cured Nutrition. And the real truth is their products, when I take them, I actually feel them. They deliver on their promise of accelerated recovery and helping my digestion flow properly, calming my nervous system, because let's face it, we live in probably the most stressful time ever. We're running around like chickens with our heads cut off with juggling full plates of food and activity. At some point, the nervous system is going to raise its hand. Okay, that's enough. (laughs) We need a break. Cured products give us the break. You deserve this break. These organic hemp and full spectrum oils, you take the dropper in the evening, you can do some breath work with it. I do it with our M21 guide. It gives me what I deserve. I can't say enough about the quality and how much I really believe in this company. They're right here in America, organically grown in Colorado, and there's thousands of research papers, actually, thousands, written on CBD. But I want to read you a testimonial about this product, which really hit home for me because I dealt with this personally, and I think you'll benefit a lot from hearing this. This is from someone in the community named Chelsea. Chelsea says, I've taken numerous CBD products. None have made as much of a difference as this one. I take a full dropper every night before bed and sleep like a baby. She put baby in all caps. I work 12 hours a day, five days a week, so sleep is important for me, and it's made all the difference. I've also noticed a huge decrease in my anxiety and the biggest of all my social anxiety. I didn't expect this to have any effect on that, but I swear I'm a better socializer these days. Get this. It's amazing. Digestion, sleep, anxiety. It's a cure all. Obviously, that is her take. There's a ton of reviews over on the page for the raw spectrum hemp oil. You can take this for a test drive. If you're dealing with anxiety, if you're having issues sleeping at night, this can support you. Wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. You can use code wellnessforce to get 15% off 
all the products on the page. That's wellnessforce.com forward slash cured. Use code wellnessforce to get 15% off. It's a great savings. I've done the work for you. If you, if you work long days and you're stressed out, give this a go. A lot of the oils out there, they have a weird taste. This stuff tastes amazing. If you haven't heard of Dr. Edith, she is a holistic high-performance coach. She's a Chinese medicine doctor. She's an author and creator of Super Wellness. Her journey began in 2003 after a series of meditation-induced mystical experiences that altered her perceptions of human possibilities forever. Forever. Since then, she's devoted her entire life to unlocking the secrets to our human potential, integrating the worlds of medicine, science, and spirituality. You're going to get a lot of takeaways. There is a lot of gems and gold here, starting with the fact that eating right and exercising is not the ultimate key to letting go of weight, to living well. I know it sounds kind of shocking, right? But the reality is that our world has made health and wellness so difficult that people just throw their papers in the air and say, I I can't do it. We're going to simplify it today. Many of the tools out there are simple, sometimes even free, and and always abundant. Dr. Edith is going to share with us these tools, as well as her remarkable, and I do mean remarkable, outstanding story. Her journey from Silicon Valley to disease to becoming a Chinese medicine doctor, all the whole time juggling life's responsibilities, which is what we all do. And I think you're really going to connect with her heart and her message. We talk about the crowding out mentality for foods. We talk about the awakening, the recalibration, and the arrival, how she wrote her book that anyone can understand. And we talk about how to actually do this thing, how to live our life well, the keys and practices that changed Dr. Edith's life forever by doing specific meditation. She told us that she had stars coming out of her body. True story. You're going to hear about this in the show. We're also going to explore her relationship with Wim Hof, why he calls her his sister of light. And you can learn more about Edith at wellnessforce.com forward slash 308. Head over to the show notes page. If you haven't looked at our show notes yet, we make phenomenal show notes. They're very detailed. You can just be present and listen to the whole episode today and then click over to wellnessforce.com forward slash 308. Get all the videos and downloads and resources and links. I feel really proud to put out this episode. Some episodes go deeper than others. They touch a part of my heart. This one is one of them. If it touches your heart and you're inspired by this, please do me a favor. Do me a quick favor. Go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. You can leave us a five-star review because when you take those 60 seconds to leave us a review, it helps the show reach other smart people like you who are on the path for physical and emotional intelligence. And of course, every month, if you did not know, we pick one of these reviews and we give away 90 days, 90 days a free Organifi product. So if you want to get some green juice and some red juice and some gold, get 90 days of this, just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review and you can leave a review on iTunes for us in about 60 seconds. We'll pick one of these every month and it's probably going to be you because like if you're feeling it, then you use a law of attraction. Just get that Organifi to your house for free by going to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Leave us a five-star review. It helps the show grow and you are appreciated. All right, let's do this. We're about to drop in with one of the brightest minds in wellness who wrote a book called Super Wellness. And this is where you and I together are going to explore what it really means to become our own best healer. Welcome to Wellness Force. This is Josh Trent. Today, we have a super guest. She wrote a book called Super Wellness. Now, when I first came across the title, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, Super Wellness? What is this, like a superhero? Like, a, is this a nonfiction or a fiction book? But then I understood the power of what this book really is. It's about us becoming our own best healers, which now more than ever is needed. Dr. Edith, welcome to Wellness Force. Thank you so, so much, Josh. You're such a powerhouse and 
I'm so impressed and so inspired by all the beautiful work that you do and this really multidimensional holistic approach to wellness that you also take. We're totally on the same path and it's a big honor to spend this hour with you. Hey, you know what? I'm smiling right now because I, I think about where we really are. Let, let's set the frame for our entire conversation. So the reality is, is that right now, if you look at the numbers, people are the most sick, the most distracted. And there's the most chronic disease ever yet in perfect duality. There's also the most tools, the most potential and the most radical tools out there for self-care and self-change than ever before. I mean, on your book, right in the title, the revolutionary new formula for creating true vibrant health. I got to ask you a question that I usually ask at the end of the show. I've never done this before. This is totally new. When you look at the word wellness, even combining super and wellness, what does that actually mean to you? Like, how do you define wellness? How do you define super wellness? I, you know, I love that you ask all of your guests this question because wellness is, is so huge. It's so multifaceted. And I love that you have so many guests bringing different angles onto this topic. And for me, it's a ever evolving process of learning and growth always. So yes, wellness, if you were to ask me today, I would say wellness is is really a state of being, a state of alignment and flow and surrender and also adaptiveness. Mm. It's a state where we open ourselves to learn and grow from all of life's experiences. You know, whether it's stressful one, whether it's supposedly bad things happening to us, we can flip it and turn it into great lessons learned. And so wellness is really the state of being where we adapt and grow and learn from all of life's experiences. Oh, I'm so glad I start. I just got this intuitive hit to ask you that right up front, because that is where we're going to jump off into the valley of wellness on the rest of this conversation, too, because this adaptiveness that is probably the most important quality when it comes to life. Because let's face it, Dr. Edith, like life is going to throw us curveball after curveball. It's not about like requesting this easier life. And I think about the way that you've described wellness in the book. And I want to start actually too with a little something from someone that has taught myself and so many others about the most powerful thing to reset our wellness. And that is breathing. And it's Wim Hof. Wim Hof wrote the forward for your book, which was so exciting for me to read. And he actually called you, I believe he called you his soul sister or his wellness sister. Uh, How did you meet him? How did this relationship come to pass? and, And how did he write the forward for your book? Well, you know, I'm like you. I've been a seeker for many years and probably most of your audience the same, you know. As a seeker, you just you just go and explore. You travel around the world, you take workshops, you're always kind of like you you have this inner GPS to go meet interesting people that feel deeply resonant on a soul level. Yeah. And Wim Hof no doubt is one of these guys. So back in I think 2011, I saw a very old TED Talk of his. And it was like, bing, this guy, I know him from like a past life or something. He's my soul brother. I have to go figure out how to meet him. Yep. And so I reach out. And in the end, this was 2000, I think early 2013. He was quite well known at that time in Europe already, but very few people in America knew about him. And so I invited him to come just like do a tiny little workshop of about 50 people, friends of mine. And we made it into a Chinese medicine continuing education, like credential workshop, actually. Hmm. And so there was a lot of Chinese medicine practitioners in attendance. And he came and stayed at my house. And we just we just like hung out and became friends. And 
I actually have a good story about that first encounter because, you know, not that many people knew Wim Hof in the United States at that point, but I was, you know, like a super big fan already. And I remember he came to our tiny little house. At that point, my husband and I had um, moved to this very minimalist, barely even one bedroom cottage in the countryside to live like hippies. Um, that sounds awesome. So we had a bed and a super janky, broken pull-out sofa. And I was going to, at that time, he had 21 times Guinness World Records already. He has 26 now. Mm. I was going to put 21 times Guinness World Record holder, the Wim Hof, on a janky pull-out couch with a busted-up leg that was all wobbly. And he was so chill about the whole thing. You know, we were just shooting the shit and just having a good time and and eat whatever, drink whatever, go outside, have adventures. It was so much fun. And then the next morning, this is how I became his hugest lifelong fan. He carefully folded up the janky couch, like raked the leg back into his folded up place beautifully folded every piece of linen and then he was outside like cleaning up our yard Hmm. i just thought this is the single best house guest i've ever had and it so happens to be the 21 times guinness world record holder superhero guy and i thought you know what i don't care about his records this way of treating people with so much respect and kindness that is the ultimate superpower And, you know, in my adventures, I met a lot of really interesting people, different teachers and personal growth coaches and seminar leaders and a lot of famous people. And behind the scenes, I feel is how you you really can see what people are made of. And with Wim, I just that that was what set the theme of um, of our friendship ever since. Just this like super awesome, compassionate, kind, you know, like um, down to earth way of being that he has and now that he's super famous and has you know he fills auditoriums with thousands or tens of thousands he always still makes time for friends and family and just yeah i'm just so moved by i'm just so moved by who he is as a human being you know how he shows up for friends that was one of the probably actually the coolest story i ever heard about wim hof i know a lot of people that have done trainings with him and that have traveled with him i've never heard that story though i mean he's outside in your yard cleaning after he stays on your janky couch this is actually a pillar of wellness is kindness you know i interviewed someone just a while back dr michelle robin and she said that based on a lot of reports there is actually something that physiologically happens in our in our body when we practice acts of kindness. Kindness is like the secret ingredient for wellness. And I know we're going to talk a lot about your book. There's a lot we're going to cover here with super wellness, but how does this act of kindness, you know, you, you talked about it with Wim, how does the acts of kindness that we do not only for others, but also most importantly for ourselves being kind to ourselves, how does that play into people living their life well? You know, it's super interesting because my super wellness class and my super wellness book is based on a six week super wellness class that I've taught about 25 times now over the course of a number of years. And in class number one, we always look at, you know, all the people in the house that have already done the perfect diet, the perfect exercise plan, and yet they still feel unwell. And so 
if you notice in chapter one of my book, I, it's kind of um, um, an attention grabber, you can say. I say, why eat right and exercise is not the key to your health. Mm-hmm. And in the first class that I teach, I encourage people to think about this. You know, most people who come to me in my clinical practice or take my classes are already getting a very healthy diet and working out regularly. And still they struggle with their health and well-being. Why is that? You know, so we really look at that right from the get go. And I have people journal on all those critical, what I call actually essential nutrients of life that is not diet or exercise related. And instantly people start journaling like crazy. And I have people break it down. And I know you you do similar things. You really look at physical, mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. And I have people do the same thing. Just really taking time. What nourishment on a physical level are you craving that is not diet or exercise related? Yeah. What nourishment on a mental level, on an emotional level, and on a spiritual level? And things like just hugs, kindness, laughter, volunteer, service. These things pop up repeatedly over and over again in that first class. And sometimes it brings people to tears. Because they realize that they're not really lacking a better diet, you know, or a better. There's always incremental tweaks you can make on those programs, of course. Mm -hmm. But people are hugely hungry for that kind of kindness and love and connection in their life. And as a side effect of being, quote unquote, malnutrition on those fronts, there's like no amount of diet or exercise can make up for that. And so my homework maybe for your audience too, but definitely for class number one of my student is to go back through those lists and just start putting those simple practices back into play. Mm. You know, hug your kid every single night. Do something kind for a stranger. So it's so easy. It's so easy to let these things go, isn't it? Because the ego, the logical mind, the doing, the thinking brain is always trying to knock out the checklist, the spreadsheets, the responsibilities, the bills, and rightly so. But, but people get so stuck. I'd love to hear what you think about this. People get so stuck in that way of being where they're trying to accomplish everything. Yet the only way that that's sustainable isn't from a place of them white knuckling and doing it's from, like you said, being nourished on an emotional level. You know, we have cups that must be filled And we're going to get our needs either in a healthy way or in an unhealthy way. You talk about this in your book. You said healthy diet may be beneficial only, and it's underlined, (laughs) only if we have stress reduction as a foundation first. Let's talk about the stress reduction because if what we're eating isn't as important as stress reduction, let's have this open conversation about stress reduction, which is exactly where we are. Yeah, you know, this was actually inspired by a very specific study I saw in 2016. They, I think it was done in the UK, and they, they broke these. It was all women, I believe, in the study, and they broke the subjects down into two separate groups. One ate a very carefully controlled, super inflammatory diet, and one ate a carefully controlled anti-inflammatory diet. And they wanted, this is really cool, they wanted to correlate that with their stress levels and see if they found any relationships. And they did all these blood tests to measure um, C-reactive protein and other inflammatory markers. Guess what they found correlating with the diet and the blood inflammatory markers? I'm going to let you surprise us. (laughs) (laughs) They discovered that if you are in a low stress group, 
if you marked in the surveys that you had low levels of stress, then the healthy diet didn't make a huge difference, actually. Yeah. So diet does matter. But in the high stress group, it made absolutely no difference. This was a shocker. So it, it correlates with what I discovered clinically and teaching classes and doing wellness coaching is that, that diet, exercise, all these traditional ways of wellness, it does matter. But there may be secondary to something way more foundational. And so in my super wellness class, we look at all those more foundational things that are almost too obvious that people just skip right over it. Some of these things, you know, are so simple, so free, so crazy obvious that we take them for granted. Mm -hmm. And so since we take them for granted, we don't do these things and we don't do it. We don't see the results. And we're never going to have a TV ad like um, reminding us, hey, you should turn off the TV. Go outside. <laughs> That's not in their best interest. Sunshine, right. <laughs> right. Like get some fresh yeah. air. That's never going to happen. Who's going to make money off of you being so independent and self-empowered in your wellness? Yeah. I, I feel very strongly about this one because mental health anxiety definitely ran in my life, runs in my family. A lot of people that I know never really understood the concept of taking care of stress and finding holistic, natural ways to let that stress out of the body. Look, we know that stress isn't always bad. There's eustress, there's distress. Yeah. You and I are talking about distress. Distress is this constant drip that we all feel. And I think um, a lot of us, when we wake up, we kind of sense in the collective field right now uh, that there is an awakening. You actually had one in 2003 and this was big. I was reading your book. I highlighted this page because in 2003, you went so deep into a meditation that there was like stars shooting out of your body. Essentially you, you became <laughs> acute. You said, I became acutely aware of not only the pain and the suffering in the world, but also the ways that you could help. And can you take us there? Because this is exactly what I think many of us are going through right now. Well, you know, I can totally relate if there's any audience out there that's been trying meditation and you find you have the monkey mind and it's really hard to really get settled into a deep, serene, peaceful state. I was totally that person, you know, living in the San Francisco Bay Area. I tried all different kinds of techniques and meditations, attended so many different workshops, and I could never still my mind. Until I started Chinese medicine school and it's required curriculum in Chinese medicine school to, to take Qigong practice. Qigong, do you guys do? You, We've Josh, talked do you about know? Qigong a little bit. Yeah, we understand like how it uses the meridians, but we'd love for you to share us. So Qigong is actually a very broad term for working with Qi. It's a kind of guided meditation practice that is sometimes guided, sometimes self-guided, and it can also be used to promote healing within yourself or within others. But there's really just three prongs to Qigong. It's any kind of meditative practice where you're consciously focused on your breathing. You have some kind of um, posture or movement associated with it that's very consciously linked up to the breathing. And the third prong is the conscious intention. In Chinese, it's called yi nian. If you don't have that conscious intention of specifically healing something or guiding your qi to flow in a certain way, it's not considered qigong. Mm. So qigong is defined by any kind of exercise that has the combo of these three elements. And so especially the breath work really helped to anchor my mind. And for the first time ever, 
I found that I couldn't meditate, that the breath was the key to dropping me into that state of stillness where I could have clarity and focus and not be running amok with my busy mind. Mm. So in Chinese medicine school, I'm just, it's my favorite class to do Qigong because all the rest of Chinese medicine school is so much brain work of, of memorizing, regurgitating all the acupoints and herbs and pharmacological things. And just, it was, it was so intense to go through Chinese medicine school and it was my break. It was my nourishment to go to Qigong class. So in this particular Qigong class, I was just looking forward to it, that peaceful, nourishing um, meditative state, like I always get, but nothing could prepare me for this particular day. I'd never read of somebody having these kinds of experiences Mm. at that time. So I'm sitting there following this beautiful guided meditation. One minute I'm breathing, I'm feeling very peaceful and very blissful and just enjoying the meditation. And then it was like the next moment, I just bursted. It was like a supernova. All of a sudden I had no more body and I experienced myself the size of the entire cosmos. And the feeling was so intensely beautiful and blissful that there was just, there was no reference point that I could even grab onto for anything like this. All I knew though, in that split second moment, I realized that I was home and I realized that this is actually our natural state. That everything else I had been living up until that point was a complete lie. That's how it felt. Mm-hmm. All I knew was that I was one with all of creation. And, you know, an experience like this is just so hard to put it into words, but I think you can feel um, that state. And at some point, from a far away distance, I heard the Qigong teacher's voice. And then there was this thought that came oh yeah, I have a body. I'm this person in this apparent reality on planet Earth that I I, I should go back to that body. So I experienced myself as this infinite state of love and light and bliss, squeezing trillions of bits of love and light back into a physical body. And that was so crazy and so ridiculous to try to do that, that it felt literally painful. And when I came back to my body, I just, there were no words. I had no idea what just happened. It's just like literally projectile avalanches of tears came gushing down my face. Hmm. And in hindsight, looking back all these years later, I realized that that was some kind of cleansing That was the beginning of a a cleansing or detox of all those old ways of approaching life and and detoxing old patterns and old beliefs that had to start happening right from the get-go. As soon as I came back to my body, I realized that everything I'd been told was backwards and upside down. And it turned me into a seeker. And it started me questioning everything. Everything I was learning in Chinese medicine school even – 
Mm. Even though that's very alternative and timeless wisdom, I was still, I questioned everything. I read thousands of books. I traveled around the world, studying with all kinds of um, meditation masters, teachers, healers, personal growth coach. But always I was comparing what they were teaching and the essence and the frequency of what they were sharing with that truth that I knew now deep in my being, in my soul, in my cells now, in my bones, there was like a vibration that I recognize as home, as truth. And if anything is far away from that, it doesn't feel right. It was like my GPS got like turned on. Yeah. My bullshit meter got turned on, you know? (laughs) So as I started traveling around the world, reading books, studying with different teachers, I was always kind of um, comparing what I was learning from different people to that direct personal experience that I had. And Many years later, that led to meeting people like Wim Hof and a lot of other amazing but maybe less famous people that are of that caliber. I love this story for so many reasons. Um, You know, in Hindu, they have this phrase, uh, samadhi, and it's this achieving oneness through meditation. Do you feel like that was a samadhi for you? Is that the first time you'd ever felt that much depth? And really, it sounds to me like you had a spiritual enlightenment where you transcended the physical form. Is that what it really felt like? Well, you know, I I know that in that moment, I felt completely content and one with all of creation. It was like I had no questions left. And yet all the answers were available if I needed it. It was just this complete wholeness and contentment that I felt, you know, so I don't know if that's enlightenment or what. I don't always live in that state, of course. Um, After enlightenment, do the laundry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, um, you know, back to your original question, what is wellness? Wellness is also this, this willingness to not be attached to, to any one outcome, in my opinion. And I found that in the early days When I first had that experience, I didn't know what happened to me, but I was attached to it. Yeah. I I I would I became addicted to meditation because I was chasing after that experience now. Mm -hmm. And I realized that 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 was also maybe a disservice to myself. Well, it's it's totally understandable though, because you to reach that depth and all the things that you know kind of divinely occurred and unfolded. For you to have that moment in 2003, flash forward, here we are in 2019, you've written a book, you reach hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people with your work and all these things that you're in the momentum of creating now could have never occurred unless the things before 2003 had occurred. Can you look back and, and you can see now clearly maybe one or two things that felt like it was really a challenge And it felt like, why is this happening to me? But now you can see before 2003 that maybe a couple things happened because they would make you deeply powerful to be of service. Well, you know, in my book, I share probably two very key life-changing stories that I didn't know at the time were going to be so life-changing as these things happen, you know, often. Um, When I was four years old, which is about the size of my little boy right now, I remember growing up in Hong Kong that my dad had this horrible debilitating back pain and my older sister who's two years older than me, she had sprained her ankle 
and nothing was helping. We come from a very technologically modern savvy family and I have a bunch of uh, doctors and nurses as aunts and uncles. So we always got great conventional Western medical care, but nothing was helping my dad's back pain or my sister's ankle sprain. And so at some point, somebody told my mom and dad, hey, there's this uh, Qigong master who emits the qi from his hands. And he helps a lot of people when there's no more solutions in Western medicine. And so this was back in, I think this was must have been like 1980. Um, there was no Yelp reviews or PubMed research database to Google or anything. So you just kind of take your friend's word for it and you hope for the best. It could be a total quack yep. or it could be somebody with actual real skill. You don't know until you give it a try. So I tagged along. I totally remember it like yesterday. I was wearing one of those like those totally cheesy matching warm up suits with the velour. Like, <laughs> like an old school track outfit. suit. Yeah. Yes. And I, I went there like so giddy with excitement. And I saw with my own eyes in one single session. This Qigong master admitted his so-called chi and my dad's back pain got better. He couldn't move it again. And my sister's, more dramatically, my sister's ankle swelling came right down. And so I thought, whoa, this is, it's a miracle. Why would anybody do anything else if this exists on on the planet? Hmm. So I started telling all my aunts and uncles, my mom and dad, I told every adult that when I grew up, I was going to become a Chinese medicine healer. I was going to learn how to work with the chi and emit the chi and help people be better. And they all thought, oh, that's cute. First of all, it's really rare for women to do that work. Second of all, you have to basically drop out of school and apprentice with a master for like 30, 40 years. And then when they retire, they pass on all their secrets to you. That's how it worked back then. And so my parents, just like any other parents, they want the best for their kids. So they said, no way, you're going to go to school, get good grades, get a good job, of course. What kind of quack healer are you going to be? That's no way to make a living. Mm. So after months and months of telling all the adults all around me, everybody said, no, you got to go to school, get good grades, get a good job. Then I said, well, you know, I guess if I can't be a Chinese Qigong healer, my second choice would be to be an astronaut because I want to learn how the universe works. And astronauts know about that stuff. Mm. And so all the adults encouraged me because they're like, whoo, finally, that Chinese healer phase is gone. Now she can, you know, like study math and science and engineering. That's good, you know. So I set about becoming really awesome at math and science because that's what all the adults said. And then fast forward, I ended up going to Harvard University, getting a math degree and doing well academically. And right after graduating from university, that was right at the beginning of the first dot-com boom. And I graduated from university in 1998. And there were just tons of jobs, not for astronauts, but for technology jobs. And I was lured by the great salary and the great you know, work hard, play hard lifestyle. And so this is the second, second part of the story, is I find myself excelling working in technology and software, using my math degree, making an excellent paycheck, stock options, all that stuff in San Francisco, Silicon Valley. 
winning employee of the year award. And I was miserable. Mm-hmm. We've been there. I, I was 15 pounds overweight. I had acne. I had chronic headaches. I was always getting sick with colds and flus. I was boozing on the weekends. You know how that goes. You like yeah. work hard, play hard. You work these super long work weeks. And then you got to blow off steam partying and drinking alcohol on the weekends. But I was great at my job. I was getting promoted. I was making a good salary. My immigrant Chinese parents were so thrilled and so proud that all of their hard work finally paid off. I graduated from an Ivy League university. I've got a good salary job. What more would you want as a hardworking immigrant? But I was miserable. And I thought, well, you know, everybody's giving me kudos for everything. I'm winning awards. I'm making good money. Just keep going. This is how life is. You know, being an adult means having to be stressed. You know, all my ailments, I had horrible, debilitating menstrual cramps. I hope that's not TMI. Bad headaches. Nothing's, nothing's TMI stuff. wellness force. So I go see doctors and everybody just says, oh, take some ibuprofen. It's just stress. Like stress is no big deal. Now we know stress is the biggest killer on the planet. At the time, I just thought, well, this is what it's like to be a human, an adult, a grown-up person. You got to be able to handle this stress. Don't worry about the headaches and the menstrual cramps and the constant colds and flus. Just, you know, pop a pill and keep going. That was my life. Yeah. And one day I'm invited to the super senior high-up meeting at the software company I was working at. I was so excited because I got to rub shoulders with the senior leadership team. And, you know, they, my job then and as it is now is to translate languages, you can say, between the super technical stuff with the layman-friendly um, business requirements. So I was a project manager that translated technical requirements into business requirements and back and forth. So they needed somebody like that in this meeting. So they invited me. I got so excited because I got to rub shoulders with the senior leadership. And it was like the moment I walked into that room, the record player came to a screeching halt. Because I looked around, all these people that I was being groomed to become. I looked around the conference table and there was not one person there that inspired me mm. to become like them, them when I grow up. That is a very heavy moment to get to that place, that pinnacle, and realize I don't want any of the lives that are in this room. I looked at them and they, you know, I don't know what's going on with their lives. Everybody has different lives, but there was not one person that was sparkly and yeah. shiny and just like full of love and joy. And I, I just thought, I don't want to be like any of these people when I grow up. What the heck am I doing in this room? It was like this flash forward and this voice said, hey, is this what you want to be when you grow up? And suddenly I remembered about the four-year-old experience with the Qigong master. It's like, I'm living somebody else's life. Hmm. And so I started talking to my family about quitting my job and doing some soul searching. And everybody, of course, says, you are crazy. How could you walk Why away from all that money? Yeah, why would you walk away from that great salary, amazing, beautiful, huge apartment with views? And um, you, what are you going to be? You're going to be be some kind of like quack healer? Why would you do that? That is the stupidest thing ever. And so luckily, 
it was right around that time that I met my now husband, who also was going through some soul searching. He also just quit his corporate job to figure out what he wanted to really do with his life. And so there was a lot of back and forth. I want to make this story sound sexy, but it was not. It was a lot of struggle. Yeah. It was a lot of indecisiveness, showing up, putting on a good face at work, and then hating it on the inside and getting more sick, more headaches, more gut problems, more menstrual cramps, like all of these stress-related things. Now I realize they're stress-related before I didn't realize. And then September 11th happens, and that was my awakening. Shortly after that, I resigned and started Chinese medicine school. You know, it took something like September 11th to wake me up to how precious our lives are. Yeah. That that if if this is my last day on the planet, will I be pleased with how I spent this day? I started thinking like that after September 11th. I never, you know, when you're in your 20s, you feel like you can life can there's always more time, but suddenly I realized the time was finite. So I packed up everything, moved into my my now husband, boyfriend at the time, his eight foot by eight foot tiny little bedroom with just a pack of my bags, my bicycle, because I was a competitive triathlete at that time, his bicycle, because in his soul searching, he was doing, um, he was like a bicycle messenger in San Francisco, just figuring out his next steps. I had a cat, my clothes his clothes all squished into an eight foot by eight foot bedroom. (laughs) This is a cool visual. That's how I started Chinese medicine school and the headaches went away. My skin cleared up, no more acne. The menstrual cramps were gone. My gut problems were gone. And in hindsight, I realized that's where I knew that eat right and exercise was not the key because all of my stuff went away. And because I was pinching pennies, I was actually a little bit malnutrition. Hmm. You know, I wasn't eating all the time organic, a lot of times rice and beans, but just rice with a little seasoning. You know, I couldn't eat all the colorful fruits and veggies that I love to eat now, but I had so much love and joy and enthusiasm for life that all those ailments that I had during my dot-com years completely vanished. And Shortly after starting Chinese medicine school, I met my mentor, Dr. Fu, who's a real deal Chinese Shaolin master, Qigong healer, who took me in as an actual apprentice for the next four to six years after that. And he taught me all kinds of things that you could never learn from a textbook. Talk about full circle. This is a full circle moment for me because the initial question was, you know, we're starting the show. How do we become our own healer? And I'm just seeing this time and time again, you become your own healer when the things that you're doing in your life stop healing you. You know, the healing is brought to us by the universe once we've experienced enough contrast to actually have the courage to use it. And seeing you in this bedroom and the cat and the two bikes in this eight by eight bedroom, knowing that you really didn't have even a fraction of the wealth and the quote financial security you had before, but yet by just changing your environment and going towards your truth, literally just having the courage to go towards your truth, that's what la- that's what led you to let these health problems go away. That's what allowed these health problems to diminish. And and you talk about this in the book as well. 
the power of speaking your truth. It's in the end, the end part of the book. The power of speaking our truth is a skill that we cultivate over time. I know it's happened for me. Like before I started this podcast four and a half years ago, I was in a corporate position. I was having a lot of health problems. I had to face essentially my shit. I had to face my shit and facing our shit can be the most scary, but also the most invigorating thing in our lives. Can you share with us the part of your book where you talk about the power of speaking your truth? Because I think a lot of people out there can relate to this. If they're in a job where they're not speaking their truth and they know it's not their soul's calling, that's where disease likes to brood. Yes. Um, we do a very simple exercise in our classes that I encourage all the listeners to try it out for themselves too, which is, it's almost like a kind of muscle testing. It, I, we call it the truth versus lie or the truth versus falsehood body test. So you just say a simple sentence, like I'll say, my name is Edith Ubuntu Chan. I'm a kind and loving human being, something peaceful and nice and harmonious, and just feel how that resonance feels within your body. These words have a feeling that you experience in your body. So that's like a baseline, right? That's like a default state of peace and harmony and well-being. Now say something totally wrong, like... um, just for the purpose of scientific inquiry, something bad like, my name is John Doe and I am an an axe murderer and an arsonist, something like that. If it, you know, some of you guys <laughs> might sure. be laughing, but say something totally false and say it a few times and feel how that feels in your body. What kind of uh, heebie-jeebies, icky feeling you feel in your body, or what kind of um, knots in your stomach or like does your pulse rate increase does your breathing change what do you feel in your body the tension in your neck and shoulders and your back when you say something that is a complete lie and with practice you use your body like this amazing superpower biocomputer that's always sensing into what is resonant and not resonant for you And when you really get to know how that works, you realize that if you show up at a job that you hate, for example, and you have to pretend to be somebody that you're not, that is literally creating all these knots and contractions and your chi doesn't flow and these balls of stagnant chi gradually turn into um, blood that doesn't flow, inflammation that gets stuck, nutrients that can't get into those places, and it festers into real physical organic sickness over a period of time. Do you have a sense, I'm sorry to interrupt you here, do you have a sense that the visceral weight we have, whether it's internal, like the, the fat around our organs, or external, the subcutaneous fat, through all your studies and just even what you're sharing right now, do you have a sense that our emotional weight is directly correlated with our physical weight. In other words, as we let go of our emotional weight without trying, without struggling, the physical weight drops off too. That's that's definitely what I've experienced clinically working with patients on their health and well-being is that, and also my um, super wellness students that take the class, over and over again, people lose those extra 10 to 15 pounds by not trying to do anything special with their diet or exercise. <laughs> It's so counterintuitive. Right. Looking at all of those, those really delicious, joyful ways of living life to nourish, like we said in the beginning, nourish your physical body, your mental, your emotional and your spiritual levels. 
practice nourishing yourself the right way. And as a side effect, it's like they talk about in nutrition science, this crowding out method, right? You've heard of that. The crowding out method is when, let's say you're trying to eat more healthy, instead of focusing on not eating the junky foods, focus on eating more of the colorful organic fruits and veggies. And as a side effect, it crowds out the junky food because you're feeding yourself the right way. Yes. Well, in super wellness, we talk about crowding out method in terms of all of life. Focus on nourishing yourself with those simple, delicious things like hugs and love, but also breath work, sunshine, sleeping properly in complete darkness, drinking the right kind of water, not just quantity, but quality of water. There's a whole new science around that. And I know you know something about that, too. Yes. All these kinds of things crowd out the necessity to eat junky foods or have honestly, junky behaviors in our lifestyle. This is what you talk about in the recalibration. And for those of you who are wondering, there's three phases of the book, which I love the rule of thirds. I don't know if you did that on purpose. I love things broken into three. There's the awakening, there's the recalibration, and then there's the arrival. In the recalibration, this is where you talk about all the strategies and the information about the quality of water, direct sunlight, sleeping in darkness, really the tactical kind of nuts and bolts things. This recalibration yes. though, you have the six dimensions of health. And you know, I don't wanna go too deep into each one because they're, they're very deep in the book, but could you briefly describe the six dimensions for us? Yeah, thank you for asking about that. You know, my pet peeve when I read a book is like, oh, this looks so good. And then they don't get to the point <laughs> until I have right. 300 pages. So um, the audience members that do choose to read my book, I promise you that I will not waste your time. It's not every a waste. It's an awesome book. Every single chapter has is full of juice and actionable tactics and strategies and beautiful information that you can really put into play right away. And some people tell me that each of those chapters should be its own book, but I don't want to waste your time. I want you to get right to the chase, you know, right from the get go. Yeah. So in that second section, the recalibration, we have an acronym for the six dimensions of super wellness called H-E-A-L-T-H. The first H stands for coming home to ourselves, recognizing that a lot of times we already have the answer that life doesn't have to be so complicated. And that when we come home to ourselves and listen deeply to our hearts, to our inner voice, we already know the next steps that we need to take. We just need to give ourselves permission to literally become the, the boss and CEO of our lives again, right? To take action on those urgings and inner voice that is already within us to come home to ourselves. And coming home to ourselves, I feel, is really a better term than so-called mindfulness. Mm. You know, like really listening deeply to what's going on, being completely present with, with what's happening in your physiology and in your life. And then the answers come so easily as a side effect of that state of presence. So coming home to ourselves is the first step you can say. Second is what's the really low hanging fruit stuff that you could be doing right from the get go to feel much better in your mind, body and soul. Look at your environment. Are you spending time outdoors in nature? Are you getting natural full spectrum sunlight? Or are you sitting in front of the screen all day long, getting toxic blue lighting all day long, right? And are you sleeping in complete darkness? Do you spend time barefoot on bare earth grounding in nature? Grounding is so popular now. And it's like kind of mind-blowing the science that you see all the benefits, all of those um, 
you know, like better blood pressure, um, healing diabetes, better sleep, shifting people out of a stress state into parasympathetic healing state, all these things that we spend so much money and complicated procedures and drugs to work on those things. What if it could be as simple as spending more time barefoot on bare earth in nature? So I encourage people to, why struggle? Make it easy for yourself. What are those simple, best bang for the buck, low-hanging fruit things that you could put into play right away? So E is for environment, optimizing your environment so that you resynchronize with nature's rhythms again. A actually stands for a few things. A stands for air first, agua second, and my husband came up with this, eating is third in that particular order. In the book, we talk about the power of the breath. And then we talk about the power of not just drinking the right quantity of water, but the right quality of water. And then really way down the totem pole is then simple rules of thumbs in terms of engaging with how you eat your food. So I won't go into too much details, but one thing I always bring to my audience is to just really put these things back into its proper perspective. Like we always think that we got to eat the perfect diet to be healthy. But if I asked you, how long could a human being live without eating physical food? Like how long could a, let's say you're not some like yogic, qigong master, breatharian person, just Mm -hmm. an ordinary mortal. What does medicine say a human can do in terms of like fasting? If you had 30, 30 to 40 days, something like that. Something like 30 to 40 days. But how long could you go without water? I don't, you know, medical disclaimer. I don't want anybody. Right. No one do this. (laughs) Right. Don't, please don't do this. But. Theoretically, a person could live like three, four, five days without water yeah. versus 30, 40 days without food. Is so is it possible water. hydration is 10x yeah. as important as your food? So I want to pause right there. Think about this. Let's let this land for the audience. If it's literally 10 times as important, why isn't it getting 10 times the attention? It's because for the most of us, like water is just something that it ain't that sexy, right? But there's ways you talk about this in the book. There's ways to get more excited about drinking water. Cause sometimes for most people, they're just like, ah, it's water. It's kind of boring, right? Do you hear this in your practice? Yeah. Until we really get into the science, the new science of water that I think we don't have time to get into is so crazy, exciting, how it's our such consciousness a great resonates into the water and the mm-hmm. structure of the water and how it hydrates into the tissues and how water can be charged up like a rechargeable battery in the presence of light. There's so much exciting next level futuristic stuff just to look at on water alone. So, um, One of my big heroes is Dr. Gerald Pollack, who is a big water researcher. I encourage everybody to look up his stuff. But for now, just just appreciate the fact that the quality of our water is maybe 10x as important as the food that we eat. I love this. And I got to throw in um, Dr. Masaru Emoto, where he talks about messages in water. Uh, We'll link that in the show notes as well. So huge chapter on water. You go into depth in the book. And um, thank you for that, because I want to make sure people get these health acronyms, because this is the kind of stuff they can really move on. And then with the A, putting the A's back into order, we've, we've got also the air that we breathe. And how long can a person live without breathing air? 
17 minutes, I think, is the world record. It might be 25 minutes, but they've well, trained themselves. Well, let's say you're themselves. not like a trained uh, free diver. <laughs> Probably three like, to five minutes, I think. That's it. Okay, so yeah. what if breathing is something like a 1,000 times more important or 2,000 times more important yeah. than hydration, which is already 10x as important as food? I'm not saying go eat junky foods and, and you know forget about all the good tools you have with eating right. For sure, that helps. But if you've had good experiences with cleaning up your food and your diet, just wait till you work on the hydration, drink the right kind of water, and wait till you really start exploring breath work. You will yes. blow your mind with the results that you get from just prioritizing these things back into their proper place. The power of this too, we've been going very deep into breath work with Wellness Force. It's it's in our M21 guide, which we'll link in the show notes. You know, it's fascinating to me, Dr. Edith, is 70% of detox comes through breath. 70%. We're all taught like, oh, go in the sauna. You know, um, I think it's 7% through urination. We had Dan Berlay in the show and he said, you only get 3% by pooping. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're not really yeah. detoxing by pooping and urinating or sweating. 70% comes through our breath. 70%. I know, and we all know how pardon the pun shitty we feel when we don't poop, you know, but, <laughs> exactly. but most of us are walking around feeling constipated in our breathing. Cause we yeah. never focus on that properly. We learn these wrong breathing methods and then we carry them all throughout our adult lives. And what if the, you know, if you feel crappy, tired, stressed out, frazzled, what if the first thing you should do is just to take a few deep, fuller breaths first, Yes. then consider to drink some high quality, very clean structured, charged up water and then consider to eat something. That's all I'm saying. It's not that the diet is not important. It's just that we've missed out on the way lower hanging fruits, like yeah. big game changers. We just skip it completely. You know, so anyway, back to our quick overview of H-E-A-L-T-H. Once we've got H-E-A back in order, then in the L module, we look at all those heavy things. And this is related to your previous question about the physical and emotional weight. We look at lightening up on all levels. Mm. And how do we do that? People think, oh, I got to like portion control my eating. Well, what if you don't have to control so much? What if you naturally lighten up as a side effect of bringing a different level of presence and mindfulness to your eating? Just eating in a state of joy and gratitude, slowing down, chewing your food, savoring it properly. As a side effect of that, you'll naturally eat less and be way more satiated. Yeah. What if you just focus on slowing down and savoring and enjoying it instead of having to be so rigid and militant and portion control? Same with all aspects of life. What's weighing you down? In that module, we talk about, you know, doing like a juice cleanse is a great way to lighten up. But what about a digital detox to lighten up the information that you expose yourself to? Yeah. Right. What about the kinds of conversations and movies and books that you choose to read? Because this body of water is a sacred vessel that you can choose to program with beautiful, harmonious, healing, loving, high vibrational information or you can choose to let all the crap TV piping through your home, programming the water in your body to be at a lower vibration. This you happens with TV. Choice. This happens with movie. People forget. And I, I so love your work and I love exactly where we are because it's so easy to forget that in our society, we're being accosted by input. 
social media, TV, we're driving down the freeway, billboards, everything's coming at us. The water in our system, even if you look at the work of Paul Check, he sings with his clients because our voice box encodes the water in our body with joy and with harmony and with love. So if we're taking in the kind of vibrations that are lower level, you know, shame and jealousy and fear and hate and violence, this is going to literally code the water in our system. Yes, I love that he has that kind of very holistic mind, body, spirit approach to so-called fitness. You know, this guy is like, (laughs) he's like totally from the stars. And I love that he, the work that he does. Have you met him yet? Have you guys had conversations No, but I followed some of his interviews and I did listen to his interview, recent interview with you. And um, I know some practitioners that are certified by him. So I'm just such a big fan. There's so many amazing people doing these next level things on the planet. I think you two are kindred souls. Why would you watch the crap TV? There's There's not enough time for that TV. We got to read better books and sing to each other. Exactly. (laughs) So that's H-E-A-L. Coming home to ourselves, optimizing our environment, the air, agua, and umph, then lighten up on all levels. Notice that spells heal. Now we can do the real inner work. This is the game changer with super wellness because I traveled around the world and attended all these like um, spiritual retreats and meditation workshops and personal growth seminars. And I kept noticing that a lot of the tools being shared by great teachers around the world, they work great, but only if your vessel, your physiology is attuned to receive that greatness first. Does that make sense? It's so big. That, that you, yeah, everybody says, Oh, it's all about mind mastery, but it's way easier. I'm sorry to say to mind master yourself. If your body and your physiology and your nervous system is cleaned up first. Yes, because we're half beast and half spirit. We're a soul inhabiting a body. If the conduit's dirty, the messages can't get through. I don't care how solid your mindset is. Right. And so we can't just be like, oh, everything is in your mind. That is true to a certain extent, but it sure is way harder. (laughs) Your body's full of toxins and junk food and you never see sunshine. You don't breathe right. You're dehydrated and sleep deprived. That's way harder to master your mind in that setting, right? <laughs> then you. if yep. you've cleaned everything up first and you're a, a receptive vessel for that new knowledge, that new thinking, that fresher new vibration to come through your being. So it's not separated. I found that in the spiritual personal growth uh, world, a lot of times people just focus on that. But my work, I believe, is to link those back up to our physical and physiological well-being also, that these things need to be integrated back together as a full package. And so when it comes to mind mastery, T is for thoughts and T is for truth. In that module, we work on a lot of those mind mastery tools that many people, your audience is super savvy. You've heard of things like the work of Byron Katie different intuitive training tools. Yes. I'm Um, working with a coach that was actually uh, one of the, she was menteed by Byron Katie herself. It's been incredibly powerful for me, these four questions. People definitely need to check out that module. Yeah. Whatever tools, tactics, strategies work for you to master your thoughts and listen deeply for your inner truth to master this aspect of life is absolutely critical. But All that other work to work on your physiology is really honoring what a big job it is 
to work on your thoughts and listen to your inner truth. And so that sequencing, I think we need to have the patience to, to really go through that journey so that we can have the most profound, deepest experience when we do our mind mastery work. Let's so go. tease for thoughts, tease yes. for truth. And then at the very end of that, when you're in that harmonious aligned state, what's left is you radiate so much love from your heart. This is the H of the health. The I'm sorry. This is the H of the health. This is the H. The last H yes. is living from the heart. Living from it's the heart. It's hard to live from the heart if you have stressful thoughts running your life all the time, self-limiting thoughts running your life all the time. Isn't it true? Mm. So when we heal those stressful thoughts, when our physiology is cleaned up so that the love in our hearts can shine fully through it, we call that living from the heart. And there's the Institute of Heart Math that is so famous for all the beautiful work that they've done to show how we can literally infect other people with this vibration, this energy of well-being through radiating love and goodness from our hearts. And as a side effect of that, that's the so-called flow state where teamwork is optimized, creativity is optimized, we get sick less, our blood pressure is optimized. There's an unseen intuitive communication amongst people that is really beautiful, synchronized and harmonious when we live from our heart and radiate this energy in the purest possible way. So H-E-A-L-T-H, in my experience, it's really a full package journey of looking at all those bits and pieces that took me 15 years traveling around the world, many hundreds of thousands of dollars of attending retreats and workshops, all woven together in a full package that I call wellness for the new kind of humanity. This should be required curriculum for the next generation of high school kids, for example. <laughs> this is it's how I feel. It's just being a human. Yes, you know? being, be, well, being, and being this human that's like the next level human. Dr. Jay Tita talks about this. In order to be a next level human, you have to be able to adapt to the new world, to the new things that are around. We don't live in the world that our grandparents lived in anymore. This is a totally right. new level of understanding, of consciousness. And honestly, as you've described, from living from the heart. I mean, this concept of living from the heart, if you would have if you would have talked about this 50 to 75 years ago, you would have been extricated from any kind of community that involved medicine or that involved like Western thinking. Now is the perfect time for this. And I think that's why super wellness and this concept of becoming, literally being our own best healer, the time is now. Like all the things that you've done where you traveled the world, you spent these hundreds of thousands of dollars, you did all these probably thousands of hours in retreats and everything, it's in the book. So everybody can pick this book up at wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. That's where all of our show notes are. I want to read a quote, Dr. Edith, from page 184 in the book. Like this one, this really encapsulates, I think, a lot of the work that that you're doing and, and a lot of what people will get out of the book. And, and you said it was after 2011. This is from Albert Einstein, actually, and it was about letting our heart be the boss. He said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. That one quote right there really encapsulates so much of what you're doing. This gift that we are all kind of unwrapping can you, as parting guidance, share with someone who feels like it's not a gift? You know, speak to someone, please, that is feeling like, ah, this isn't a gift. This is just too hard. Can you bring them to the gift? Well, first of all, I've been there. And um, there are those times that that we 
you know, there is purposeful suffering in, in our lives that we need to bump our head against the wall for longer before that eureka moment hits, you know? So, so I would say honor that journey that sometimes it does take some struggling to figure things out. What fun would it be if we always just snapped our finger and became enlightened, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and it's, super hard. There are those times where you just feel like everything that I thought I was, my whole identity is shattering and I don't know who I am anymore. It's not fun to be in that state. And I would say most of my clients and patients coming in, whether they be coming in for different ailments, blood pressure, insomnia, you know, like eczema, gut problems, on some level, these chronic diseases tend to be tied to a deep identity shift that we all are going through. And so I think this is just what our generation signed up for is to detox and cleanse all those old stories and all the bullshit that we've been told growing up and reinvent ourselves, reinvent ourselves as humans to discover a whole new level of possibilities. And that can come with very uncomfortable challenges along the way. Mm. So my advice is just don't fight it. Just surrender to it. Just know that we're all doing it together. And um, even though I'm here as a supposed expert who wrote a book, you know, I have my struggles too. And there are those days where I feel like I don't know what my next steps are. Yeah. But on a deep level, there's also um, recognition that, that that's what we came to the planet to do to struggle a little bit, to learn and grow and become a new version of ourselves, Mm. to become part of this birthing of a new kind of human on the planet. And so I just want to honor you for volunteering yourself as a courageous soul to be part of that transition and transformation that we're all part of and to find community, to know that you're far from alone and that we're all going through it together. And there's going to be a huge celebration because this kind of brighter, more loving and more generous, abundant and coherent state of being is winning over right now. And so it sometimes it does feel like, like Josh says, the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> but oh my gosh. there is absolutely a bigger picture unfolding with each of us doing our inner work. We're not just doing it for ourselves. I want you to know just how powerful and generous it is that you've chosen to come to planet earth during this crazy time to do the kind of work that you do to heal yourself and then heal your friends, family and community as a side effect of that. That is the work that we all came here to do. So I honor you and thank you so much for your willingness to go through this journey together as a community. I have a huge smile on my face. My heart is expanded. Rewind that. Listen to what Edith said again, because everything she just said was true. I want to take a deep breath with you and just bow, put my hands together because the work that you've done and that you continue to do in our wellness world with super wellness and really giving people these tools so they can be, capital B, capital E, their own healer, is so remarkable. 
And I knew it was going to be a great conversation. I've had multiple moments where I got that flutter feeling in my heart and in my body. So I know that everyone listening is feeling the same way. So Edith, thank you so much, deep bow, and just an honor to talk with you about really the tip of the iceberg for super wellness and what the world is experiencing now. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much. It was a huge honor to be in your presence and to connect with your community. I know you have a very, very special community of listeners, of of human pioneers and next level people that are doing all kinds of amazing things in their community. So from my heart, so humbled to be in your presence during this hour. People can go to superwellness.com. You can go to superwellness.com forward slash book, pick up a copy of Super Wellness and also check out the programs that she's been running for uh, two decades plus, right? Well, the Super Wellness course has been running since 2012, but the information that is gathered Ah, here is at least two decades in the brew. All right. Well, the information has been running. The courses have been running since 2012. I want to say goodbye with just a couple phrases from your book, and then everyone go to superwellness.com when we're done. You talk about in the book that you've discovered generation after generation, we've been taught a set of false beliefs that have actually derailed us from our joy, health, and well-being. The good news is that we now have a choice. We can learn the truth. We do not need to buy into these limiting beliefs any longer. Edith, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. And I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.